You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venezia, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Years have gone by, years have slipped away, and it's a hard thing. And you've become discouraged, you've become disappointed, because that was something that you had in your heart to do for God. But listen, how should we deal with that? How did David deal with that? We're going to discover that David just went on. Even though God said no to that noble desire of his, you know, David didn't become discouraged, David didn't become disappointed. Do you sometimes feel like your life has gotten away from you? Today, Pastor Mike shares with us the need to press on. Has God told you that he wants you to do something, but it seems like life or other things just keep it from happening? Realize that it will happen in his perfect timing. Where God guides, God provides is a truth to hold on to as you travel through life. Believing the promises he's made to you, remember, that he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7 as he begins his message, Speechless. chapter 7, and this message, the title is Speechless. And this message is all about the blessings of God in our lives. All of what God has done for us and continues to do. He's so faithful in, in blessing his people, and so that's what this message is all about. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've referred to those wow moments that we have in our relationship with the Lord. You know, when God is working and going before us and and doing something spectacular, and we can only explain the things that are going on in our lives with putting God behind those things. And we're just kind of like stop dead in our tracks, no matter where we are. We can be walking down Fifth Avenue here in Manhattan, and all of a sudden we have a revelation of what God is doing, and it's just what I refer to as a wow moment. And we just start worshiping the Lord. People think, well, in New York City, if people are talking to themselves or stopping and lifting up, it doesn't really, I guess, you know, that's sort of ordinary here for New York City. So I don't think anybody would, uh, you know, think otherwise. But, and here in chapter 7, David, who is our focus on our Bible study, is having a mega wow moment. So anyway, with that said, let's go ahead and read the first 17 verses We usually don't go that far into without breaking them down, but to sort of set the platform for this Bible study, let's go ahead and read the first 17 verses of chapter 7. So stay with me, okay? 
So 2 Samuel chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. And then we'll come back to it and we'll break it down and we'll explain each verse for you. Now it came to pass when the king, David, was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all of his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside a tent of curtain. So obviously David didn't think that that was right. Verse 3, Then Nathan said to the king, Go do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. You know, uh, just something that I want to mention, and I think is certainly worth mentioning, here David was really uh, all about, what can I do for God? And notice once again the reference, Nathan responds to David's question, go do all that is in your heart. So what was in the heart of David? And that was simply to do all that God wanted him to do, and he was also seeking all that he can do for God. So that's just something to think about, you know, in our own experience, in our own relationship with the Lord. This should be something that's constantly on our, our mind, something that we are always thinking about. What can I do for God? How can I please God? How can I serve God? What can I do to further the kingdom of God? So we see something concerning David that I think is noteworthy here in verse 3. Verse 4, But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, would you build a house for me to dwell in? And you know what? This wasn't something that God was asking David to do, right? This was something that David, as I mentioned, had in his heart, but it wasn't something that God was even expecting David to do. So would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in a house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt as a part of the Exodus, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent, in a tabernacle, uh, there in the wilderness, as the children of Israel made their way out of Egypt towards the land of promise, that is, the land of Canaan. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, why have you not built me a house of cedar? So, in other words, God has said, I've never made any complaints about that. I never expected anyone to build me a, a house. Now, therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from following the sheep, to be my ruler over my people, over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all of your enemies from before you, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more, as previously, since the time that I commanded judges to be over you, my people Israel, and have caused you to rest from all of your enemies. Also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. It was in David's hearts to build God a house, but in response, God says, I'm going to build you a house. When your days are fulfilled, that is at the end of David's life, and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne 
of his kingdom forever. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, the previous king, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all this vision. So Nathan the prophet spoke to David. So once again, this message, the title is Speechless. Okay, let's go back now and let's treat those 17 verses of Scripture. David at this time is dwelling comfortably upon the throne of Israel. God has subdued all of his enemies. He is enjoying the benefits of being their king. All of the luxuries, all of the glory. Remember last time we talked about Hiram. We were introduced to, in our cast of characters, a fellow whose name was Hiram, who was the king of Tyre. And he had sent some of his craftsmen, along with cedars from Lebanon, and they have built David a fabulous house. That is a palace. And as a reference, that would be in chapter 5 and verse 11. And David has brought the Ark of the Covenant back to the city of Jerusalem. And it has become the center of worship for the nation. And that Ark of the Covenant actually represented the covenant that God had made with his people Israel. How that he would be their God and they would be his people. But it also represented the presence of God. David's cup is overflowing. It just couldn't get any better. Now, one day, as David was reflecting on all the blessings of God, what God had provided for him, and by the way, I would encourage you from time to time, you know, just take an inventory of all of the blessings that we've received of the Lord. I think this is so very, very important. And in doing so, I think that it actually serves and lends itself to our staying very close to God, and it also keeps us from sin. Because think about it, you know, one of the ploys of the enemy, uh, the devil, and we're not ignorant of the devices of the devil, as the Bible suggests, is to make us feel as if we're missing out on something, right? So if we regularly take an inventory of all of what we've received of the Lord, right, I think we wouldn't be prone to be going after sin, things that are sinful or, or falling into temptation. You know, we'll weigh in the balances of what we've already received of God, against the pleasures of sin for a season. So I think it would serve us well to do likewise. And that's exactly what David is doing here in this chapter. He's reflecting on what God had provided for him. Well, he decided it wasn't right, according to our text that we've just read, for him to dwell in all of that luxury and that palatial home of his that was constructed by Hiram and the carpenters, while the Ark of the Covenant was placed in a tent. And so David decided, I'll build God a house, a temple, a beautiful house where we can place the Ark of the Covenant. And so anyway, David shared this idea with the prophet Nathan, who also thought that that was a great idea. And according to our text, the prophet gave David the green light. Notice there in verse 3, let's go back to our text. And there we are told that basically Nathan suggests, hey David, go for it. Notice in verse 3 the phrase, do all that is in your heart, the Lord is with you. So that's the way that Nathan responded 
to David's request. But you see, here's the problem. Nathan spoke without inquiring of the Lord. And that night, God reproved Nathan. And actually, later on, God had spoken to David, and it's recorded for us in 1 Chronicles in chapter 22, in verse 8, which is sort of the sister chapter, which gives us a little bit more information about what was in David's heart and the way that God responded to what David wanted to do. And there, God obviously had spoken and told David, David, you cannot build my house because you were a man of war and you had shed much blood. But initially, as David was speaking to the prophet Nathan, and in their conversation, initially, there was no reason given why David would not be allowed to build that temple for God. But later on, God spoke to him and gave him the reasons why. You see, a hand that was stained with blood, a life which had been responsible for the killing of others, a man who had been deeply involved in the battles and bloodshed of warfare, we've traced all of the battles that David was engaged in, involved in, against the Philistines particularly, but some of the other nations as well, could never be entrusted with the building of a house for God, which, if you think about it, was to be a symbol of peace and rest. And therefore, God said no. Even though that was a noble desire, David, I understand what was in your heart, but you're not going to be allowed to build me a house. Now, let's bring this down to personal terms. You know, I wonder if some of us, something like this has happened in your life. When God has said no to you, even after expressing some noble desire, and then God does not give us any explanation why. It may be that you offered your life for the Lord's work in some aspect, maybe in the ministry, maybe here in your local church, maybe you've had it within your heart to go out onto the mission field, whatever that desire may have been. But God hasn't responded. God hasn't given you the green light. Or perhaps in your heart, you had a very real dream of a home and a family, raising children. But you've only found yourself to be bogged down by other things. Maybe it's been some kind of an illness. Maybe someone in your immediate family has become ill. And so you've had to spend all of your time rather out on the mission field caring for a loved one who had become ill. Or maybe you've been like tied to your office and you've had to spend all of your time and all of your energy just developing your profession, your place of employment. So you've only found yourself, years have gone by, years have slipped away, and it's a hard thing. And you've become discouraged. You've become disappointed because that was something that you had in your heart to do for God. But listen, how should we deal with that? How did David deal with that? We're going to discover that David just went on. Even though God said no to that noble desire of his, you know, David didn't become discouraged. David didn't become disappointed. In fact, David just continued to go on. Later on, God told him that his son Solomon would be the one who was, by the way, a man of peace. So he met all of the criteria to be able to, to build the temple for God. He was a man of peace. But nevertheless, 
all of the time leading up to Solomon eventually building that temple, David got all of the materials necessary for building that temple, which Solomon used to do exactly that. So anyway, you might find yourself in that same predicament, something that you have on your heart to do, but it never seemed to have come to fruition. But listen, don't become discouraged. Don't become disappointed, because one day you will understand. Maybe in this life, maybe not, but certainly in the next, you will see that God's way has been the best. So don't sit down in despair and let your life go to waste. You know, it was a good thing to have such a desire, although not realized. And I want you to know that God takes special note and care of that, even though that desire of yours has never been realized. Because later on, and it's recorded first in the book of 2 Chronicles in chapter 6, in verse 8, although God refused David's request, he later on said to him, it was well that it was in thine heart. So God knows your heart. And that's really all that matters anyway. And you can be sure, I'm almost absolutely positive of this, when David finally arrived in heaven, he was rewarded for his not being able to himself build the temple, but nevertheless, I believe that he was rewarded for the eventual building of that temple that his son Solomon did. I thought that that was certainly worth mentioning. Let's get back to our text. Since you told David, now God is speaking to Nathan, since you told David it was okay to build a house for me without even consulting me, you're now going to have to go back and tell him he can't. But you can tell David, I will build a house for him. And so the next day, Nathan met with David and said, David, I have some good news. I have some bad news. The bad news is God hasn't issued you a building permit. So that was the bad news. But here's the good news. Your son Solomon will build God his house. And also notice, let's go back to our text. Notice there in verse 16, and I think that this is significant. God goes on and he says, and he will establish your throne forever. He's referring to David. I will establish your throne forever. Now, what was God referring to? Well, David rightly understood this to mean that the Messiah, that is Jesus, would become a descendant of David. And listen, it's at this time that David has this mega wow movement. He's so overwhelmed by this that he excused himself from the prophet Nathan, and he went in and sat before the Lord. Okay, let's pick up now in chapter 7, verses 18 through 20. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, he's just like flabbergasted here, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, and you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now what more can David say to you? In other words, David is speechless. Words at this point is failing him. He doesn't even know how to respond to this. He goes on and declares, For you, Lord God, know your servant. So David at this point is just absolutely 
speechless. So David rightly understood this to mean that the Messiah would be a descendant of David's here. And he's just flawed. He's just speechless. Now, David here in this chapter is reminded of a few things, and this becomes our first point. So that sets the stage for our Bible study. But anyway, if you're taking notes, write this down. This is our first point. David is reminded of a few things. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Reminded of a few things. And listen, the very things that God reminded David of are the things that God would remind you of as well. Maybe not to the same degree of what God had done in David's life, but nevertheless, God is working. God is working in and through your life. And this goes back to the exhortation of just sitting, taking that inventory of all of the blessings that we've received, all of what God is doing within our lives. So the first thing that David was reminded of was how far that he had come. So write that down. And I want you to think about your own experience with the Lord. And I want you to think about how far that we have come in our experience, in our walk, in our relationship with the Lord. Particularly those of us who have been walking with the Lord now for many uh, years. David, think about this now, was once a young boy guiding a herd of sheep around the hills of the city of Bethlehem. Just a little shepherd boy. But now, think about this. He is the king of Israel. And at this time, Israel is the most powerful nation upon the face of the earth. David went from humble beginnings to a glorious position. You know, when we're first introduced to David back in 1 Samuel, remember our series in 1 Samuel before we moved into 2 Samuel appropriately, when Samuel was anointed, as Israel's next king by the prophet Samuel. He was just a kid, right? When he was first anointed by Samuel. So that was the first thing that he reminded David about. But then secondly, the second thing that God had spoken to David, the first one was how far that he had come. But the second thing was, I have been with you. Notice there in verse 9. Let's go back to our text. He says, I have been with you. And again, I want you to take this and think about it in your own experience, in your own walk, in your relationship with the Lord. But I want you to think about your own experience with the Lord and uh, how that God has always been faithful to be with you, to be with me, no matter what we face in our life's experience. So he says to David, I have been with you wherever you have gone. Remember when David was that shepherd boy, tending to his father Jesse's sheep on the side of a hill. And on two different occasions, a bear came in, a lion came in, and David fought against the bear and a lion and was able to kill them. God was with him. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. Thanks for tuning in. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Fenizio and be sure to subscribe. And let us know you're a listener in the comments. We'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship, too. 
You can find all the information you need at harvestnyc.org. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to remind you just how much your Heavenly Father loves you. We also want you to know how grateful we are to have you as a part of our listening audience. And we're praying for you. Thanks again for joining us today. And we look forward to our continuing study of 2 Samuel next time, right here on In My Father's House. There's a place for